the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, everybody? This is Derek Larger here. Welcome back to the Cody Felger podcast. Andrew's with me today. And right now, the Colts just won against the Texans. That's right, folks. The Colts are now 4-2 and with a 2-0 and in the division record. We are now sitting at atop the, the AFC South right now. Definitely feels like a great momentum swing. We all mentioned how this was a pivotal game to win for this Colts team going into this, what we call easier part of the schedule here. Uh, it certainly uh, was really great for me. I was uh, psyched the whole way. Andrew, what were your quick thoughts on like some quick impressions about it? Yeah, yesterday's win was phenomenal, Derek. I mean, 4-2 and two on the season, 2-0 and oh in the division, as you mentioned. Uh, and that'll come in handy later down the road when we get into some later divisional games. Uh, but being 2-0 and oh certainly does help. You look at the offensive line, they did a phenomenal job uh, in pass protection. The running game, as you mentioned, uh, wasn't really exactly where we hoped it'd be, but... It's those kinds of games from Jacoby Brissett, you know, the 326 yards, four touchdowns, nearly 69% completion percentage on the day that makes you wonder if, if we're looking at our new franchise quarterback. And I know we'll touch on him more later, but when the running game isn't really where we want it to be or it's not, the Colts are unable to establish any sort of a running game, it's comes in really handy when Jacoby Brissett can step up and put the team on his back and lead the Colts uh, to a win and I think that's exactly what he did yesterday. Absolutely. And when we get into this game here, I think it only makes sense that we dive into Jacoby Brissett first. I think it only seems fair that we talk about the guy who we talked about so much. Uh, he needed to step up and do what needed to be done, especially when the running game for the Colts took a step back this week. Uh, not necessarily that the Colts couldn't get anything going. They did have a few runs where they were able to get some decent chunks of yards. Just ultimately the yard totals weren't there. It wasn't as much of an emphasis on running the football because then I think Reich knew the Texans were going to try to stamp on that. And he was right. The Texans brought a lot of pressure and a lot of guys in the box to stop that run. And they, they went against it. Actually, their first, I think they said of their first 10 plays, uh, eight of them were actually passes. So the Colts came out firing on all cylinders with the throwing. And my goodness, Jacoby Brissett had himself a day, had his set a career high and passer rating. I believe it was a 126.7, a career high in yards, 326 and a career high in touchdowns with four, uh, Andrew, I was insanely impressed with Jacoby Brissett today, not just because of the throws he was making and the reads that he was making, but 
just his ability to sit in the pocket and get out of the pocket and take hits and still deliver perfect throws to every receiver he threw it to. It really makes you feel really good knowing that Jacoby Brissett felt so comfortable and we won this game mainly by his hand. Absolutely, Derek. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, looking at the numbers, 326 yards, uh, nearly 69% completion percentage, four touchdowns. He put the team on his back on a day where the running game wasn't really where we would have expected it to be. Um, the receivers did a phenomenal job. Uh, Frank Reich did a phenomenal job putting everybody in the right position to be successful. And the offensive line, I mean, we, we've we've praised and praised and praised uh for weeks and really since last year and they deserve so much credit as well for giving percent a clean pocket i think he was only sacked once uh but nonetheless he was very 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 impressive now 14 touchdowns to only three interceptions on the season he's looking you know and i maybe i don't want to jump ahead if you will but it seems to me that we may have found a new franchise quarterback in jacoby percent Absolutely. It was a great way to see him progress the way he did. And obviously it wasn't all Jacoby Brissett. His wide receivers made it really good for him today. T.Y. Hilton, Zach Paschal, Jack Doyle, Naheem Hines, and of course our man Eric Ebron. Every single one of these guys had themselves a terrific day. Chester Rogers had himself a few catches. I could just keep going with this list. Uh, I think they said Jacoby completed a pass to eight different receivers today. So it certainly was good to see him distribute the wealth and not just to a bunch of different guys. A lot of these guys had a bunch of good, uh, a bunch of good stats. I know T Y Hilton had seven catches for over 70 yards and a touchdown. Ebron had himself six catches for over 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Zach Pascal had seven catches for over a hundred yards and a touchdown. It, it The list just keeps going and going. He had a lot of receivers that played in so many great ways. We'll kind of talk more in depth here of the wide receivers here. I do want to get your opinion on which wide receiver. I know it's difficult because every single one of them played a pivotal role in this, but which one to you made the biggest difference in the game? Yeah, I'm going to not go with T.Y. Hilton, surprisingly, although he had six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown and played fairly well. Uh, he was kind of quiet in the first half, and that's kind of the reason why I'm going to go with Zach Paschal. And it's not because T.Y. Hilton was just quiet because Percet wasn't targeting him, but it was more so that the Texans knew that he was a major threat, and so what they did was they brought in an extra safety or a corner to sort of shadow Hilton and not let him get those one-on-one looks that he so often uh, torches the Texans with. And so Zach Paschal really stepped up on plays where T.Y. Hilton was, was locked down or wasn't as efficient as we are used to him being, if you per se. So Zach Pascal, the first receiving touchdown of the game, put the Colts on the board, 7-0, and then he had that shovel pass touchdown. I think the Colts were up 21-16, to if my memory serves correctly. Uh, but that put the Colts up 28-16, to so that was huge. Seven catches, 106 yards. I mean, he just, he really, really stepped up in key moments of the game yesterday and he deserves major major credit for his performance yeah i think it's pretty obvious at this point that when 
for years to come when the Colts keep breaking down this Colts roster for wide receivers, you know how there was a lot of talk in the off season about who is going to be left the, the odd man out. I think now Zach Pascal has pretty much secured his position on this roster for the rest of his career. As long as he keeps doing what he's doing, because obviously you're going to have T Y who in a few years, probably will start to see a decline in a few years. I mean, he's getting up there in age. Devin Funches, obviously coming back. Uh, Paris Campbell, we don't know what to expect of him yet. Dion Kane, we don't know what to expect of him yet. Zach Pascal has been the only other consistent option for this Colts team, and he's done an amazing job. I think for this game, I, as much as I want to go with Zach, I think that's the uh, common answer here. I, it's very difficult for me between Ebron and Ty because. I don't know if anyone knows this, but I think every catch that T.Y. Hilton had either resulted in a touchdown or resulted in a first down. T.Y. Hilton is that man. He is that pivotal. But I think the guy that I think made the crowd get into it more than anyone was Eric Ebron. That was the guy when he made that when he made that touchdown. Oh, my goodness. That is a a potential catch of the year put in right there. And believe me when he saw it on the board, cause he didn't even know. And the fans didn't even know when he and the crowd saw it on the board, he went out to the middle of the field. He started getting them all hype. Cause he knew that was the touchdown. That was the big one. And he didn't drop anything today. It was great because we were talking about it, you know, in the previous weeks, like is Eric Ebron in jeopardy here? Is Eric Ebron, you know, in the moment here where he doesn't look like he's uh, necessarily in sync with this team right now. And I think he put all of that to bed with this game. I mean, he had a terrific game. Every single catch he had was pivotal. And I I know I'm using that word a lot pivotal because that is a, because that's a a word that, you know, it was so common because every single time the, the Colts did so well on third downs. And a lot of these third downs were not third and shorts. They were third down and sevens, third down and eights. Some that were like third down and twelves and fifteens. And they were completing these. I mean, who do you, who do you even give the nod to on the offense for how this game went? Cause I mean, it's other than the last three drives of the game, which we're going to get into here in a minute, uh, who, who is the most pivotal to the, how this team succeeded on offense? Because I mean, obviously the offensive line did amazing, uh, only giving up one sack, even though Brissett was hit a lot. I mean, obviously the Texans brought a lot of pressure and th- they did a great job of giving Brissett time of, at multiple occasions and every receiver did its job. I mean, can we just give like the MVP uh trophy to everyone on the offense for how they played today? Absolutely, Derek. We could certainly give an award to everybody on that offensive side of the ball from Bursette to the offensive line to the receivers. I mean, they all just did a phenomenal job yesterday, but I'm going to give the award to Frank Reich and I'm going to give it to him for several reasons. First off, let me start with his play calling. 
we've seen it since he was hired on last year. Frank Reich is one of the best offensive minds in football. He takes advantage of mismatches. He takes advantage, or took advantage, I should say, yesterday, the fact that the Texans were thin in their secondary. He puts receivers and tight ends in a position to win. He calls really, really, really good blocking schemes on certain plays. So he brings in, like, let's say, if the Colts want to go deep, he blocks six or seven people. That way, Brissett or whoever's at quarterback, whether it was Luck last year or Brissett this year, has a clean pocket to step up into. Frank Reich makes this thing go. He deserves a ton of credit. He and Sirianni both deserve a ton, a ton, a ton of credit for the play calling, for the designs, for the schemes, for getting the receivers open. If you noticed yesterday, the Colts ran a lot of crossing routes because of the Texan secondary and how decimated with injury that it was. I mean, major, major props to Frank Reich. Uh, we kind of mentioned, or, or Cody and I mentioned it, how you know not all bye weeks are equal. Some c- teams can take advantage of it, other teams can't. And the Colts obviously took advantage of their bye week. They had that extra week to prepare for. You give Frank Reich an extra week to prepare for what he wants to do to a team. Believe me, it's going to be much better. And now that we're on the topic of Frank Reich, it's it, it's. Inquisit that I ask this question because at the end of the game, we obviously saw the last three drives of the Colts get stalled, right? And there was times when they did not take time off the clock because they decided not to run the ball. They decided they were going to throw it. Uh, and there was the time, obviously, people mentioned, what about the uh, what about that fourth down? Why we went for it. We didn't get it. Who's, whose fault is that? Well, I don't really necessarily blame Frank for that because I believe, you know, you you need to convert on the plays that you run in regards to that. But in the end, Frank Reich did give Houston a chance to come back in this game in the end. I I just wanted to know from your stance, Andrew, how much, because obviously if the Colts had lost this game, if, uh, ideologically if they would have uh, lost this game there would uh, most of the blame would have been pointed at Frank Reich because of how he handled the play calling at the end of the game thankfully our defense did a great job at the end to keep Deshaun Watson from doing any more damage but ultimately since we won we can look at this objectively how much blame is Frank Reich to how close this game came to at the end of the game. That's an interesting question, Derek. And and I just praised him in our last little mini segment, if you will. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp too much on that. Uh, And I'm going to shift my attention towards the offensive personnel. And what I mean by that is, is Frank Reich. Yes. He's a phenomenal play designer and play caller. uh, But at the end of the day, the offense's job is to execute. And the Colts certainly have the personnel to do so. And when you have the interception by Pierre Desir and the punt by the Houston Texans that I I think didn't really go their way, and you have really good field position on both those ends, and you don't take advantage with at least some sort of points, Frank Reich isn't to blame for that. First of all, give credit to the Texans' defense because they did their job, but the offense has to execute. They have to be able to go out there, regardless of who else on the field, and 
execute and convert on third and longs or convert on key third downs and extend drives and put points on the board. So as I said, I don't think Frank Reich is is really to blame. I, I think honestly, he called a really, really solid game, as I mentioned earlier. And the offense, as I mentioned, it's their job to go out and convert and execute. Yeah, you're right. It goes both ways with that, right? There's obviously you mentioned we, we should have ran the ball. We need to get the clock run down, you know, because you don't want to give Deshaun Watson any more time because that defense, you know, and the funny thing is the Colts controlled time of possession in this game. They obviously were had a much higher uh, time of possession rating today, which ultimately, again, is how we win these games because we are on the field on offense a lot more than the other team. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's entirely Frank Reich's fault because I mean, he called almost a perfect game up until those three drives, but it felt almost again, like it was an Oakland moment where we just, we, we just didn't convert on offense on the other end. Even if we didn't even get first downs, it was just about wasting clock and you're right. The players need to convert. That's your job. You go out there and especially against a Texans team that was already having troubles in their secondary, you thought it would have been easier, but of course things didn't work. They didn't convert. I mean, you, it blame goes both ways here. Players should have executed, but the coach should have probably ran the ball because that would have been the smarter thing to do. Sometimes I hate that aggressive nature about Frank Reich and situations like that where you want to play it safe. But anyway, we're going to move on because the defense, we haven't given any love yet to <laughs> another another example of this Colts bend but don't break mentality and this was a game they did not have Tyquan Lewis they don't have Kamiko Ture off the edge they don't have Malik Hooker they don't even have Clayton Gathers really starting and not to mention Rocky Sin had to come in there and replace Kenny Moore Rocky Sin had to come in and do the work and unfortunately Rocky Sin had a few times uh yeah, a few times Rocky Singh got uh, exposed in coverage. And even when he was uh, beat in coverage, he wasn't really necessarily beat. It was just great throws by Watson to his wide receivers. It's just, it's telling how Deshaun Watson can complete 75% of his passes, throw for 320 yards, only have one touchdown, and have two interceptions and two interceptions that were pivotal at the end of the game. This And not to mention the instances that Frank Reich and the offense put them in in the first half, right? We saw the first one where they didn't convert the fourth down. The Texans had the ball at the 47-yard line on our side, and we kept them to a field goal. The next drive, Jacoby Brissett fumbles the ball, and it's inside the five-yard line. We stopped them for three straight plays and they have to kick a field goal. That is impressive, especially when, and that's where Darius Leonard came in. Darius Leonard is that vocal leader. The the defense is just more tenacious and they're just more aggressive when Darius Leonard's on the field, I swear. And the corners were doing a great job of actually uh, dropping down into the, uh, into the first, uh, section of the coverage and making tackles in the open field. I thought we actually did a really good job of tackling in the open field. I don't know where a lot of people 
got the bad tackling from in this, but we'll talk about that here in a second. But what what did you make, Andrew, of this defense? Because to me, they they looked very, very impressive. I completely agree, Derek. The defense was more than spectacular yesterday. I mean, you look at those two fourth down stops inside the five-yard line, uh, holding Houston to just six points total on those two drives, uh, especially the one where the Texans recovered the fumble uh, of Jacoby Brissett, as you mentioned, inside the five-yard line. Uh, Those were key I think you could call them turning points in the game. I know you're you're talking, I think, late first, early second quarter, but it's those kind of plays, you know, in the trenches when it really, really, really counts and the Colts defense stood up and did their job. Uh, major kudos to the, the to the defensive personnel as well as uh, Matt Eberflus and that defensive coaching staff. Uh, Darius Leonard, of course, 10 tackles, the game-sending interception. As we've mentioned already, he... Uh, he saved the game for the Colts, and I, I, like I said, I completely agree. The defense played very, very, very well, and the Colts should be very pleased, not only with their efforts from this week, but over the last several weeks defensively. Yeah. Um, it, it was really crazy to see how the how that game ended with Darius Leonard being the one to bring us home. How How amazing is that story to come back after three weeks of having a concussion, being so amped up and ready to play in this game and to essentially win the game by your doing kind of like how Malik Hooker did it uh, with the Jaguars last year. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about the defensive line because uh, again, it was another day where the numbers can be a little misleading where the, the pressure on Watson was not necessarily great, but the times when the Colts actually got pressure and sacked Watson came at the most pivotal moments in the game where the, the first sack, obviously they sacked Watson uh, in that drive where the Colts had went for the fourth down, didn't get it. And the Texans were driving and then they t- uh, sacked him there basically to end up forcing the long field goal. And then you, we obviously saw the controversial sack where uh, the breath had blown the play dead uh, because they said his forward momentum had stopped and he was in a position where he didn't, they didn't want to expose him to a uh, really bad hit. Uh, before I go any more into that, did you think that was the right car? Or do you think that should have been uh, a play where they should have let Watson just continue going and eventually having Hopkins get the touchdown? That's an interesting question, Derek. Yeah, I, you know, looking back on it now, I think it was the right call. Listen, there are rules in this game in the NFL that is that are meant to be there to protect the quarterback. And when you have a player that is as elusive as Deshaun Watson and who is essentially known for taking broken plays and making them to something special. Uh, you know, as a general NFL fan, I could see why maybe they'd want to see a play like that let go or continue, if you will. But at the end of the day, if you look at the 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 angle that Deshaun Watson was taking when he released the ball and the defender that was going to was going to essentially sack him. Uh, the the official Tony Currenti, I believe, who is who it was, made the appropriate call and really saved Deshaun Watson from taking a, an unnecessary hit. Which, you know, reflecting on it or thinking thinking about it now, he's taken a lot of those over the last couple of years. You know, he was sacked the most last year, uh, close to the most a couple of years ago or the year before, I should say. Excuse me. 
So when you look at a player like Watson who has had injuries due to the amount of hits he has taken, you would think that Texans fans and maybe even some NFL fans, excuse me, in general, would be appreciative of the fact that, that the play was blown dead. Was it a great play? Yes. Could it have gone either way? Yes. Would I have would I have wanted them to have blown the play dead had it been on the other side of things in terms of had that been Jacoby Brissett? Absolutely. I wouldn't want my quarterback, especially one like Watson who has been prone to, to some injuries due to unnecessary hits taking that kind of hit in that kind of way yeah and that's kind of where we're at in this day and age right we want to protect the quarterback because i mean let's face it the quarterback makes a team flow so much better the guy that's number one and we've already seen so many guys uh retire and get hurt and all these other things that are dropping quarterbacks in the nfl like crazy this year and of course you don't want to have, you know, Deshaun Watson, who's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. Uh, you don't obviously don't want that to happen to him. And I mean, I think you're right that they were, I understand where the, uh, the ref was coming from. Obviously I understand he wants to protect the guy. He wants to make sure he's okay. I, I completely understand it. Me personally, I would have let, that play keep going because I, I just, just like, you know what? I'm just going to let them do it. But of course, again, I understand where they're coming from. I would say the same thing if that's what, uh, on what, if that was Brissett in that situation and going back to the sacks thing, uh, we obviously mentioned, I mentioned how Danico Autry got the, uh, that big pivotal pressure up the middle late in the fourth quarter that stopped, uh, Deshaun Watson from getting the first down basically blocked that. And there was a couple more sacks by Justin Houston and a few others later in the game as well. Again, it wasn't a spectacular performance by the D line in the pass rushing category, but in the moments that they needed a sack, they really did come through and made the sacks. And you're right. They took advantage of the right tackle being gone and they did a really good job of not letting Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson do anything in the run game. Uh, there was a few, there were two drives when Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson were able to get runs. And that was when the Texans went into their, uh, called it a quick offense. They didn't necessarily go into a huddle, but they were going quick. They were trying to make sure that the Colts didn't have time to adjust and that was when they were getting those holes. But when they didn't do that, the Colts just did not allow the Texans to get anything. It was just so great to see that over the last two weeks, the the Colts have really uh, just taken a step back and realized they had to get better in the run defense. Obviously, having Jabal Sheard back obviously helps that but new guys coming in and getting pressure up the gut like Marcus hot and Grover Stewart getting more playing time. It is really great to see this Colts defense taking the initiative to get better at things. They struggle with the first four weeks. There's no question about it, Derek. I mean, when you look at the first two weeks against the Chargers and Titans, the Colts' pass rush essentially lived in the backfield uh, those two games. And then you look at the games against Atlanta and Oakland, we went from living in the backfield to non-existent to just not being just to just not getting the kind of rush that we had those first two weeks and it was a major concern rightfully so going into the game against kansas city and then today's game against houston but i will say this they stepped up when the colts needed them most 
and they got to Watson in the trenches and forced a couple of bad throws, uh, two of which resulted in interceptions, one of which was the, the game-sealing interception. So it's not necessarily always about getting sacks, but it's about getting pressure. Uh, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard have said it from day one. It starts up front, and if you can get pressure up front, with your defensive line, then it's going to possibly result in some really great things for you. And yesterday was a prime example of that. So kudos to the defensive line. Absolutely. And I was to, uh, to quickly go back to uh, Jacoby Brissett here, just kind of looking at the numbers and with those four touchdown passes that Jacoby Brissett has, he is tied for third in touchdown passes this season right now with Patrick Mahomes having 15 and Matt Ryan having 15. And then it says there are two guys that have 14 touchdowns so far. And that, and this is before uh, Russell Wilson is playing right now. So I'm sure Russell Wilson's touchdown number is going to go up after this, but Russell Wilson and Jacoby Brissett are tied for second with that. So I'm sure Russell Wilson's probably going to take the lead on that, this, uh, in this, but, uh, again, it just goes to show just how, and I hate to go back to Brissett here again, I'm taking away from everything else, but it's just amazing to see Jacoby Brissett doing what he's doing. I mean, he only has three interceptions on the year has 14 touchdowns. And of course we have to take into account. He's, uh, fumbled the ball twice. Unfortunately, uh, he obviously had that one in week one where, or week two when they played the Titans where it was unbelievably hot outside and the ball just slipped out of his hand accidentally. And, uh, and obviously the fumble today, but still is still a great thing to see from Brissett. And I think one thing that I didn't mention before with Brissett is he, when he read uh, the defenses that he was doing, he threw the ball with some determination I the the broadcasters actually mentioned how they said the you could almost hear the ball being ripped out of Brissett's hands to throw to some of those wide receivers. And we obviously know Brissett's got a cannon of an arm. We know he can sling that thing if he wants to. I, I just think again, going back to the confidence thing I was mentioning, it just has to feel amazing to know that Brissett went into that with so much calmness and confidence. He was slinging the ball around like crazy. It, it, it must have felt really good for you to see, for me to see, and for all of Colts Nation to see that. Absolutely, Derek. It was phenomenal to see. I mean, the, the 326 yards, the 69% completion percentage, the four touchdowns, Brissett put on an absolute clinic yesterday, and he is continuing to prove to this organization that he is our next franchise quarterback. And I know I mentioned this way earlier in the podcast, and I don't certainly want to jump to any sort of conclusions, but the man has 14 touchdowns to three interceptions on the season. He's got well over a thousand yards. He is lighting the league up, and quite frankly, I think he's in nothing short of the MVP conversation when you look at the other quarterbacks Matt Ryan although the Falcons aren't doing very well Russell Wilson has been playing lights out you look at Patrick Mahomes I mean I think he's third or fourth in the league when it comes to all four of those guys in terms of touchdowns that doesn't happen by accident this kid can play and he's played very very well and so kudos to the Indianapolis Colts for believing in Brissett Chris Ballard said it the night luck retired we're not going to flinch we know what we have in Brissett we 
know what we have in terms of our personnel and our head coach. And we're going to continue to live up to the Colts Nation mantra, if you will. We're going to continue to win games. We're going to continue to show people that Although Andrew Luck was an important piece, he wasn't the piece, if you will. He wasn't the only piece that resulted in Colts wins last season. So kudos to Jacoby Brissett. I, I feel I'm really, really happy for him. And I think that if he continues to play the way he's playing and he has a phenomenal season, like I said, I think we're looking at our next franchise quarterback. I really do. It's quite possible, man, if he can keep having some more of these games, even if he's not. I think we can definitely put in faith in hands that he's not going to lose us games. And ultimately that's all we need is that we just need that quarterback. That's going to help us win games and not lose it because this, this roster is already so dynamic and so young and Jacoby Brissett fits that narrative. And it, it is great to see him doing what he's done. All right. Well, I think that's it for this uh, episode here. Uh, That was our recap of the Texans and the Colts. Again, Colts win 30 to 23 over the Texans. The Colts take sole leadership of the AFC South going into next week where they play the Broncos at home as well. We will get uh, back to that here later this week for a preview on that. Thank you guys so much. Andrew, do you have any final words? It's just a great team win. Uh, looking forward to hopefully many more this season, and I'm excited to see where we where we end up going. Thanks for having me on as always, Derek. Go Colts! Absolutely, absolutely. And get uh, next week we got a chance to go one and zero. It's pretty much it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate the support as always, and as always, guys, go Colts. <laughs>